Carl here from Games, Brains of Ringing Life, and with Francois Blanc of French black metal band Abduction. Francois, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. Um, what's been keeping you busy, right? We can't ignore the kind of elephant in the room. What has been keeping you busy over the last couple of months, obviously with global pandemic? Well, uh, actually, I had a lot of work to do uh, at home. I can work from home, fortunately, so I didn't have, I wasn't too much bothered with that. I mean, apart from the social life becoming non-existence from mm. one day to the other, um, apart from that, I had plenty of stuff to do. It's also, also the time to do some stuff that you never have the time to do, like learn to do some cooking or just, you know, taking care of stuff in the apartment. And otherwise, I've been, um, I've been working on... Um, I haven't. Uh, you are actually the first person I'm. Uh, I'm telling this to, but uh, I've been working on. I mean, Jeanne from Abduction was a very, very uh, important album, and it was kind of kind of hard to let it go, so to speak. So I'm currently reworking on a on the theme of the album and trying to do some kind of ambient symphonic version, only keyboard based. Uh, I don't know what will happen with that, but um, I'm quite happy with what I got thus far. And as I had a bit more time with the uh, quarantine and you know stay at home and all, I I took some time to do this. And uh, yeah, a bit of personal music on my own, like uh, electronic stuff. And also my band, Angelore, is uh, trying to, uh, is currently very involved in the songwriting for the album number four that we wish to record maybe later this year or next year, we'll see. But uh, yeah, plenty of stuff musically. And, and apart from that, basically staying quiet at home with my wife. <laughs> yeah, watching watching too mean, much Netflix. And <laughs> incredibly busy, basically, taking... Uh, dare I say, taking advantage of the position where you have no choice but to stay at home. So you're forced to kind of find your outlets, which is all still focused on what you might be doing anyway. But did, it, did, did you find it kind of um, focused your mind more or were you sometimes struggling day by day to kind of concentrate? Uh, it, it's actually a, a good point that you're raising because it, it was a bit of both depending on the mood of the day because sometimes I thought, okay, I have all this free time now and I'm always complaining that I don't have time to do everything I want. But then you have no inspiration or somehow it doesn't come off right and you feel maybe I need to be to be more actually in interaction with people and to leave some stuff on my own then to put them in the music. So some days were just blank. I was like, that, that, that sucks, you know, finally I have a bit of time on my own and I have... I, come up with absolutely nothing and sometimes it was the other way around I'm like okay now I want to do this and I have some time and it wouldn't the, the creative juice so to speak was flowing much more easily so it really depended I, I wish I would have done more I must say I was kind of like a bit of this a bit of that and hard to focus on only one project from the beginning to the end but still I think I, uh, I, I put this period to good use and uh, fortunately none of my relatives or loved ones or friends were affected by the, vi the virus, thank God for that. So all in all, I, I ended it well, I think. I kept my sanity. <laughs> yes, that's the most important thing was uh, for most people is coming out of it the other side, still in one piece. Um, I think that became, you kind of touched upon it there, a lot of pressure on musicians as well or anyone really with a creative mind to sort of use that time in a way that meant when they came out, they were like, oh, I used that time perfectly. And if you didn't, you were kind of getting frustrated and almost upset with yourself and disappointed that you were at home and you couldn't come up with anything creative. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, um, I, at first it was like that. I mean, in March, I, I was really hoping to get some things done and I, I, I basically did two 
demo three minute song for an electronic project on the side nothing nothing really serious nothing really complete but then in april it got better but you know i i have the perfect counter example here in the room because uh, they are the producer he published eight full albums during the confinement and he didn't get a lot of credit for that which i think is totally <laughs> fair because there are some just tremendously good stuff on there and totally different style from one album to the other and he raised some money with the sales to help musicians friends in need and so there was kind of a very nice touch um, you know like using the time to do something good for other but also e express himself <laughs> creatively and that was pretty awesome i really recommend you to to check this out incredible absolutely no right <laughs> i mean i can't even imagine i mean particularly just one let alone eight particularly when you see let's be honest a lot of bands have adapted quite nicely would to not being able to play live so mm. jumping online and doing streaming gigs and lockdown videos and so on um was that something that you considered did abduction consider or your other projects unfortunately no because i uh, i haven't played live personally since 2008 <laughs> all of my projects currently are our studio and uh, although that may change um that's never something i considered i i i'm I'm, I'm, I really consider myself more as a composer, so to speak, than a musician. I'm, I'm not actually a very good musician, so I just have the, the, the right level to express myself, which is more than enough for what I want to do. But if you if you were to leave me on a stage I, with a keyboard and like, yeah, go play something, I, I would probably feel very embarrassed and make a fool out of myself. So we need we need a lot of work to 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 go to go there and especially with abduction i mean i can i can uh do the clean vocals or the growls or the arch vocals for a long time but switching from one to the other is actually extremely demanding you know and, and tiring and, and also emotionally and physically so uh, before we ever play live we had to we have to prepare very seriously and uh, so in the confinement no we, we didn't think about doing anything like that we were just uh just a bit a bit worried because the album just got out and it was it was such a, a heartfelt work you know we put a lot of effort and passion into that and we we felt that we couldn't really promote it the way it should have been promoted because of the circumstances but of course we don't want to complain but it's just it's just unfortunate for everyone you know so basically the little of attention that we got was actually really nice i mean it, it was really really lovely and it, it felt really good for us to see that even during this time there were still some people interested in what we were doing i i completely get it, it to be honest the, the makeup um and theme and concept behind abduction i think it would have been very strange had you put together some form of lock it would have lost maybe some of its <laughs> mysterious allure yeah. you know yeah, I think so too. I mean, we, we'd rather wait and uh, introduce ourselves properly, you know, than to do things half halfway or half fast. And it, it just it just wouldn't work. I mean, now that, now that we have this strong visual concept and once again the, the passion and theatrical aspect of the music itself, we we just need to to give it the right presentation. So I don't I don't I don't mind if it takes a few more years before we're ready to do that. Guillaume is writing music all the time. He already has a few very interesting ideas for the fourth album that would be very different from from Jeanne. so yeah it's as, as long as as long as we're happy thinking about the future and that there's something going on you know in the um in the backstage so to speak behind the set behind the scenes and it's 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 important i mean I, that's what i need the most i as, as long as there is something happening 
that's that's cool. <laughs> well, you've said it enough already. You are constantly busy, so there's always something, whether it be abduction or elsewhere, going on with you. Yeah. Um, but it has been three months-ish since the release of uh, Jen. Um, now that the dust has settled effectively, and you're able to kind of maybe take a more objective view, do you do you still feel as proud of it now as you did when you were first released it? Um, the most emotional moment for me when it comes to the studio time and recording was when we finished the first two songs, like all the vocals were done and Guillaume and the other producer and I, we put on some good quality help, headphones and listened to the two songs in a row and I just couldn't believe it. Believed it. I, I cried. I, I, I had tears of joy because I, I think it sounded so good and I could feel all the passion that went through the music and Every, every new uh, part on the second song, which is my favorite, felt like something's amazing is happening there. And I was super, super happy. I mean, we, we really love the, the music with, I mean, I, I don't want to sound uh, full of myself or pretentious or whatever, but we're just very passionate about what we do. But uh, when the album was done, there were some parts where I thought, if I would have been a better singer, that could have been even better, I think. It's not about the songwriting, it's not about the playing of the others, it's not about the overall sound. I'm happy with everything, I'm happy with all the choices we made. There are just a few parts when it comes to the clean vocals where I think, ah, if only I was a better singer, or if I, if I trained more, or I'm, I'm very happy with the, the extreme vocals. You know, uh, the whole album, when it comes to extreme vocals, was recorded um, from the song number one to the song number eight. So what I like is the first song, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically, it's, it's powerful, but then when it, it comes to the second and third song, it's like very harsh, and especially the beginning of song number three, La Chevauchée de la Loire, you can hear the vocals are really aggressive, a bit, a bit more high-pitched when it comes to the extreme. I'm talking only about the extreme vocals. And when it comes to the end of the album, which is the very sad ending of the story, my voice is kind of broken. I must say, when it, when the morning when we recorded uh, Au Marche de Lorraine, the eighth song, I could sing and scream, but I couldn't talk anymore. My voice was gone, completely gone. I thought actually I, I was afraid I, I damaged it or something because it, it took a long time to come back. But the thing is, it made the experience even more lively and intense because uh, you go through the story and as, as a singer, I'm kind of the one telling the story and you can feel that in the beginning, I'm full of hope and confidence and just want to basically to kick the enemy and, in the ass. And then toward the end, it's the loneliness, the sorrow and the, the fact that we have to say goodbye to this character that inspired mm -hmm. it so much. So it's good that it's almost broken like, like a, a, a gasp or something, you know? It's, so, it's a fascinating insight because obviously you're hearing yourself sing over and over again, whereas someone like me, I'm listening to it and I'm not getting that same thing because ultimately I don't hear you sing on a sort of regular basis, playback over and over again. So for me, it's like, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. <laughs> you are the artist. You're nitpicking your own work. I guess it comes with the territory. Hmm. <laughs> well, I'm 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 happy you you yeah you you feel you feel that way because it it it's how it was meant to be. But uh, yeah, for us for us it uh, for me as a singer it was it was very very uh, intense recording that uh, we we did everything on I think five to six days, and it was it was a lot of work because Guillaume knows exactly what he wants from me, and so he pushes me to to give my best all the time and sometimes it's 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 kind of it's kind of uh, uh, hard on the nerves as well because when you're a singer you're you 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 are your own instrument in yeah. a way so it's 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 hard to to balance the emotion and the way the sentence are supposed to be said and the the 
the words in the sentence and all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I really, really love the concept. I'm very happy with the lyrics as well. And uh, it, 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 I, I had to put myself in a certain state of mind. And, uh, and then it was, I, I did everything I could. So although there are some parts that I feel could slightly be improved, um, there were some people that got a very, very positive and emotional response to the album. So I think, well, that's the important part, you know. <laughs> if it's getting that reaction, that's all you could hope for. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you brought up the concept a couple of times. Of course, it is obviously in your face quite obvious what it is. It's based upon the life of Joan of Arc. Um, what drew you to her and fascinated you enough, I guess, because that's the thing. It's all good and proper being drawn to your history and French history and so on. What fascinated you enough that felt the that that felt it would be inspiring enough to create a whole album around well um we we had some um, i mean uh, french history is a big part of abduction since day one i mean that's one of the main interests of our bass player mathieu who is the one writing the lyrics and of course guillaume who is the one uh, writing uh, really 95 percent of the music and and uh, well even i could say 100 percent because we mm. just bring some ideas here and there and um and uh, he also has the concept in mind and he likes to have the song title for example before he start to work on the music even if the lyrics are not done yet so he makes sure that the riffing and the ID goes into the direction of, of the visions he has in mind. I, I really love his way of, of writing songs. It, it's very, very interesting. Mm. And uh, but when it comes to, so we, we already had some songs here and there about historical figure. For example, on the first album, we have Les Frissons des Cimes, who is talking about the death of uh, Louis XVI, you know, the French king. But um, when it comes to Jeanne, we already knew before recording the second album that the third album would be a concept album about Jeanne. So anytime Guillaume had an idea for an epic riffing, you would save it from all oh, the other the side. Yeah, yeah, cool. And, um, and I think the, when, you, when you read her story, it, even, it doesn't even matter so much if you believe it or not, the, 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 the mystic part, so to speak, but just the historical fact. I mean, this girl was basically coming out of nowhere. In the, it was early in the 15th century. She was just in a, in a very modest family and she raised an army and she fled the city of Orléans. That's amazing. And, and she had this vision to, to meet the king and to, to, to bring back the legit king on, on his throne. And, and, and she, she went in many cities in France and people saw her and were drawn to her. And, and the, the great thing as well is uh, there, there were so many documents, actually. She's one of the, of the most documented French figures in history. And also there was a lot of, of, um, of testimonies and reports from people who actually met her or traveled with her. And the end of the story is so tragic. I mean, she, she, was, she was sold by people she trusts and then she was, she was considered a heretic and people were, even, even, even the people that she was defending, like the, the Christians, they, they, they didn't trust her and they, the, the, the trial she, she went through and, and then the loneliness and the, and the abandon. And it's, it's such an epic story, you know? And basically it, um, I, I personally liked Jeanne d'Arc as a kid as well, because, you know, when you enter the church, you had all the, the, the saints and she was the only woman with an armor and this kind of stuff. And with always the eyes on, on Christ and on, uh, towards heaven. And, and, and you think, wow, that, that's, that's unusual. You know, that's an interesting figure. And the more you read about her, the more you think, oh, my God, but this could be the most it's it's a better story than most fictional stories you know and and so when guillaume came up with the idea that each song would be um, basically linked to a city or a part of jan's journey that, that i thought that was just brilliant because we could really tell the story like travel with her from the first victories to the inelectable or horribly sad death 
how easy though, right? So you have the story and how you want to tell it, but considering the style of music, the nature of music that abduction plays, how easy is it then for you to, do you think, to get that concept across? To say someone who lives hundreds of thousands of miles away in a totally different country, has very little knowledge of French history, maybe heard of Joan of Arc off a movie from the, you know, or something like that. Do you think it was, you think you got that across? That's a good question. I, I, I genuinely don't know. I mean, I hope, I hope that, I mean, I know that some people were drawn to us by the concept. They thought, oh, okay, a black metal band doing an album about, about Joan of Arc. Okay, that's interesting. I, I should give this a listen. But um, I, I mean, it, it doesn't matter so much. I mean, as long as, as people like the music and they like what they hear and we manage to get the emotion going, I mean, uh, it, it, once again, I consider this album very intense and kind of demanding if you want to listen to it from the first song to the last. Uh, I mean, it's, it's very intense. You, you get a lot, of, a lot of stuff happening. And um, I think despite uh, your knowledge of the story, you're, you, you can still enjoy it. But I think... For the people who can actually uh, read the lyrics or understand a bit of French, it, it, will, it, it, it can be a bit of uh, an even stronger experience. Although, um, as a fan of metal myself, I, I, I love it when bands sing in their native tongue. And even though I don't understand, I think it brings something of their culture, of their upbringing, something a bit, a special flavor to the music. So if people feel that way with us, I mean, if, if they like French vocals on top of metal music, I mean, that's cool. Even though yeah. they don't understand it, they can actually feel it, which is the, the main point, I mean, when it comes to music. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that because it's, you're right, I don't speak a word of French beyond <laughs> the obvious um, platitudes. Uh, so listening to it, I can't relate lyrically beyond what you put through a translator. However, it's more than that, I feel, with uh, Jeanne. It's your artwork very striking, very abundant, very um, almost stained glass window style imagery, uh, your promotional photos of the band leading up to it. And then it, you come with, it comes with a description. A description says, hey, this is what we're focusing on. Now, then you know what the concept is. And, I, and for me, it's then you can listen and attach, I guess, my own knowledge and a person's own knowledge to what they're hearing. Uh, and that, I guess, is a best way you can get that concept across when you don't speak French. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect. I'm, I'm glad you, you say that. It means, it, it means we made things right. And that's what we were hoping for, basically, to raise some interest and to, to make sure that people, even though they wouldn't understand the lyrics, it's okay. They get something out of the experience. They understand what it's all about. That's perfect. Well, as well, it's, it, often history gets romanticized um, yeah. and blurred and the story sounds grander than it is, you know, and, th and things like that. Whereas with, with, with Joan of Arc, it's... The romanticization of that is surprisingly accurate to, as you already said as well, an incredibly detailed and epic tale that ex still exists. It's not like history is being made up. It's all there. Yeah, and that, that's, that's great. I mean, when you're working with such a strong material to start with, I mean, you have so much things to do. And the thing is, the concept is really, um, I don't know if it's the right word, but I would say intricate because um, 
every time I do choir in the story, it reflects to, uh, in the album, I mean, it, it's linked to one part of Joanne's story when she heard uh, the voice, you know, of the saints talking to her. So every time there is choir on the album, it's not just to be beautiful, it's just because at this point in the story, she, she, she said that she was hearing the voices telling her what to do. So mm-hmm. that, that, that was something interesting. And also on the song number three, uh, La Chauvauchée de la Loire, there is a part where I, where I sing with uh, actually my niece, who is uh, the voice of Joanne of Arc, you know, singing one tiny bit here and there, uh, only sentences that uh, Joanne actually said when she was alive. Um, and then there is there is a break with one guitar, this part, and then it starts to build up. And this is, uh, there was some point uh, where the French army and the English army was about to go into battle. Mm-hmm. But then uh, there was a white deer that came out of the woods and uh, in, in front of the French army and so they understood where the English army was and it, many soldiers and Joanne herself saw it as a sign of heaven like a warning basically from, from heaven and when Guillaume thought about how to make this part into music and he understood that there was no way the lyrics could you know render this story or tell the story the way it was supposed to, to be told so he actually made it musically it's this strange uh, break in the music where you have one guitar and then a second guitar on top of it and the third guitar and then the, the the choirs and then it starts again and I thought that was just brilliant you know that you have something that is very complicated complicated to put into words but it's still a beautiful story of something that actually happened and it's beyond mysterious you know and he decided to to do it musically if the lyrics couldn't tell it and Jeanne the album is full of little stories like that that made it super special for all of us yeah, I love your enthusiasm when you continue to talk about even small moments like that and your enthusiasm about talking about the story, the concept overall. Is it kind of like you see this also as an opportunity to teach uh, listeners about a little bit about French history and, um, and stuff like that? Um, I don't know if we would say teach, but it's a, it's a shared interest between all four band members. So if uh, if some people are interested and want to go deeper into that, I mean, that's great. That's great. Some people have asked us on interviews, do you have some uh, some book to recommend or a movie about Joan of Arc that you liked or this kind of stuff? And we're happy to talk about that. But uh, our um, our way of doing things is, is mainly artistic. I mean, it's, it's, it's first and foremost, it's the music we want to do. And if it appeals to some other people, that's great. But uh, it's not a history lesson. We... we, we uh, there are so many ways to tell the stories and uh, a few times Mathieu, the bass player, he was writing many stuff, but we had to say, dude, this is great, but you have to remember this is songwriting. So it's kind of, it has to be some poetry. You cannot put the name of the English soldiers or or the dates or that kind of stuff. It, it just it just doesn't belong there. So uh, we, had, we had to find the right way to tell the story mm. to still make it. Um, and and that's, that's what I loved about it. I mean, in my other bands, I, I only sing in English, and it's, it's great, I love that, but it, it, it kind of puts a distance between me and the music, whereas in, in French, I, I, it's really heartfelt. I mean, it, in, in Abduction, I really feel much more uh, as a singer as, any, as in any of my other projects, because, because I'm, I'm as, as I said before, I'm the storyteller, and the fact that it's, it's in French, and you have to tell this very tragic story that belongs to your heritage, so to speak, so it's... Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, as well. I mean, French language is considered mostly throughout the world to be quite an attractive, pretty sound on your ears and how um, pronunciations and accents and so on. So it's your it's your birth language. Um, why? An, 
why wouldn't you feel connected to it, I guess? Yeah, but you know, at the same time, it's it's really easy to be cheesy, so to speak. So at first, when I joined Abduction, I, I, I wasn't sure I wanted to sing in French, but it was the concept of the band, and I was, of course, willing to respect that. But then I thought, if there is something that bothers me about the lyrics, I will have to tell the guys. And honestly, it never happened. It never happened. I, I love the way that things are written, really. Uh, from my heart but if, if there was something that would bother me it's not like in English where you say okay it's a bit cheesy but it just works it's okay no nobody will notice but when it comes to French you have to take I, I, I say that requires a bit more a bit more focus and work to make it as good as it can be <laughs> there's no barriers either as singing in uh, your native language which may not appeal to a wider audience is no longer a barrier you only look at someone like the size of um, Rammstein predominantly yeah. sing in German and have risen to arena levels, stadium filling levels, you know. Um, I think people's interest, if you do it right, is always going to be there. I, I hope so, yeah. But as you said, I think it's not a barrier. And anyway, that's the way we want to do things. I mean, we, we love to talk about French history. So what better way to do it than in French? Absolutely. And it's really interesting as well. Earlier on, you mentioned obviously being a black metal band. And uh, there's always a bit of an expectation almost when it comes to black metal, particularly if you're black metal doing something related to religion that totally. what you're actually singing about or what you're playing about is taking swipes. It's it, it, it not, and more on that focus on a negative side of things. Um, do, is that something you're aware of? And is that something you're interested in changing the perception of? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would, I would, I would sure hope so. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of metal. I love black metal and I'm Christian. So I, I couldn't ever sing that something that would go straight against my belief. I mean, mm. I can listen to all kinds of bands, but when it comes to what I sing, the words that come out of my mouth, I want to be careful with that and portray the right message. And um, I think uh, when it comes to, I mean, black metal is, is to me, is, it's, it's a genre that is about breaking everything. Like, you do what you want it's an extreme kind of expression and as extreme as it should be uh, it has to come from the heart and uh, i mean you fuck the convention you fuck the rules that that's what made the music dangerous and attractive in the first place and nowadays singing a, a black metal album with clean vocals and and uh, putting a, a, a cover a, a picture of a, a painting of jad on the cover and uh, and uh, doing this kind of stuff the acoustic part it's, it's very so to speak untrue but but who cares i mean it, it's black metal it has to be rules breaking so to speak so I, I i and honestly i was pretty um pretty positively surprised by the response we got because i thought okay uh, some people will definitely assume that we're uh, nazis or nationalistics or whatever because we talk about a french figure and use the french language and black metal and honestly it didn't happen very much uh we had a few questions people coming to us like what 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 are where do you stand on when it comes to that kind of stuff? But people were actually more open-minded than, than what I was generally hoping for. I mean, people understood that it was it came from the from the right place, you know, basically. It's fascinating that you would say that anyone, if anyone had got that idea from it, I'll be honest, that never even crossed my mind in the slightest. Um, and it's really interesting. In the last in the last couple of weeks, we we also did an interview recently with an English band who are kind of following a similar trend in that their album is kind of uh, based upon mythology, not, not just mythology of England, but also a more positive stance. And they were worried that they might be seen as nationalists and so on. And again, it took me by surprise and it was kind of like, oh, God damn, am I, be am, I be am I being stupid here? Is this just the world we now live in? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, the world we are living, not that you're stupid, I think you're <laughs> one in the right. Honestly, I, I, 
personally, when Guillaume said, let's do a, an album about Joan of Arc, I was like, great, okay, let's, let's go for it. I, I learned a lot while doing the album because Guillaume and Mathieu read so many books and they tried to get all the facts right and to check so many different sources. So I actually learned a lot because of I was working on the album. But uh, yeah, nowadays it seems like there is a new form of puritanism. You're not allowed to say or do certain things. Otherwise, people will assume that, ah, if he's doing this or if she's doing that, it means that they are or that they believe in. And no, it doesn't have to be that way. But uh, we, we were, at, at, at first, we were so much into the concept that we didn't, we, it didn't even cross our mind. But then, without, uh, um, you know, we, we saw some bands having to publish some statements to clear things up. Otherwise, some people were trying to get their show canceled. And that, that's, for, for us, that's terrible. I mean, that's, uh, that's so far from who we are as person and as, as, as music makers, so to speak. So um, it, it was actually a relief to, to see that some people, also the thing is the figure of Joan of Arc has been uh, very much used by the uh, right-wing parties in France. So that also could have been something against us. But honestly, it didn't happen so much. So once again, that is something I was a bit concerned around the release of the album, but it all worked out mostly. I'm glad, I'm, I'm very, very glad because, you know, I, uh, as a, person on the other end of the camera who's a fan and only thoroughly love this album um one of if not the best album of the year thank at you so this much. stage um it also such growth from the previous work to this from your personal view as as being in the band how, do you see much difference between abduction of two years ago to abduction of 2006 to abduction of now <laughs> That's a good question, and I must say yes, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, it's funny because the first album, I mean, I wasn't there on the EP at the formation of the band. I met Guillaume in 2010, and then he hired me as a singer in 2011, for, so we, when we started to work properly on the, the first album. And the first album, it took us so long to do it, and I was still basically exper experimenting with my vocals and see what I could and couldn't do and what, what would work to portray Guillaume's vision and that sort of stuff. But it, it was it was really I remember uh, recording the vocal parts in the basement of where I worked uh, at night some evening during the week and we could only do that maybe once or twice a week because the the bass player of my other band Angel Loro who was taking care of the recording was always busy with something else so we had to schedule little meetings like this to to record the vocals over a very long period of time and. The, the first album was really, comp everything was complicated basically, and it was just a, a big relief to get it out in the first place. But when we started to work on the second one, um, I met actually uh, this friend, so uh, the bass player of Angelore, and he was telling me, so how is the new abduction shaping up? And I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be good, but I'm, I'm not sure I will like it as much as the first one. I don't know, the songs doesn't are not as appealing to me. And when I went to the studio working with Dea, and I just came to record the vocals, so the guys were already done with the rest of the music, you know? So basically, I came from working on the demos uh, around my vocal lines with Guillaume a few weeks before, and then I arrived at the studio and everything is done except my vocals. And then it was, I was so surprised. I mean, it's, it was like a, a slap in the face, like, wow, it sounds so good. And I was crazy obsessed with this album, actually, Alors du Crépuscule, our second one. When I got out of the studio, I mean, I had a great, great time in the studio, really got along very well with the producer and enjoyed singing the songs very much and trying some new stuff with my vocals. And I, I loved the song so much. And so this album to me was so much above the first album that was not even a comparison. Mm. And then I thought, okay, so the third one, we will never be able to top uh, Alors du Crépuscule because it's, it's so, it's so hard 
heartfelt and I love it so much. And then we, we came to Dujan. And now that uh, a few months have passed, I, I must say yes, once again, I think every, every, every one of us got, a, got better, basically. I think we improved as songwriters and musicians. I think Dea has also um, chosen the, the, just the perfect sound for the album. So it's even, so to speak, better than before. And so I think, yeah, it's our best album. And now we are thinking, oh, okay, how can we top that? I, 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 I would like to have a, a small word to say. <laughs> a very, very small one. Um, because he's speaking a lot you know, good stuff about me, but he's going to understand one thing. Uh, I produced three albums with them. And the thing is, I've grown as, as a producer as well. So I've grown up as knowing them so much that I'm not going to just... Uh, you know, be an asshole by saying this. They kind of consider me as some an extra member of the band. Yep. Knowing that I, I push them forward, and that's actually what I what I sense as a good, as a producer, if you want. So, what he says is, of course, it's entirely true. We always you know want to go up with the sound and everything, and the the performance of every musicians and the vocals and everything, and that's why it was completely drained at the end of Jean. But what, what mattered here is that we grew up as some kind of entity, a full entity, and you can refill really this from the first to the actual last album right now. And that's why I want to say this, that it's not only, you know, thanks to me, it's thanks to them that I am exactly doing what I can do today too. There is some kind of, you know, we give and we give and we receive and we give and we receive. It's always like that. With them, I could do things that I, I would have never done myself. As a musician and all producer, so with them, the mixture is is perfect. It's uh, I consider them as completely aside of my producing jobs or whatever. If you see my point here, yeah. So that's why they as as many compliments as he, as he can give to me, and and I'm thankful. But he should take the same. You know, there's there's the other way around, and that's all for me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because obviously production is so incredibly important. And one of the most important things about this album is there are so many layers, so many extra elements that if it wasn't um, good for want of a better word, yeah. a lot of that would be missing. Um, obviously you're very, very pleased with how it turned out. Obviously the incredible talent that you have involved with it and the mix of this long-term relationship has clearly made such a difference. Um, yeah, I've got to say, I think that was incredibly, the, the, uh, People love to say things like layers, 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 but it is the case with Jen. So I'm glad it turned out so. No, but I understand. I'm, I'm just super happy to hear that if you put the album aside for, for a few weeks and then you listen to it again and you still love it as much and you still consider it one of the top stuff you heard this year, that, that means a lot. It's really great. I think, I think this is an album, hopefully, I hope that some people will, will have the same relationship with him. Like, you know, with it, I mean, like getting back after a while and still thinking, oh, that, that's just as good as the first time I heard it, or even better if, if you understand now all the subtleties or start to know it. Because some people, when they hear it for the first time, they say, wow, the structures are complicated, so it's not very catchy. But actually, there are a lot of melodies that you can almost sing along to with the guitar and the vocals. You just have to hear the album a few times before they get printed in your mind. But then you can you can surprise yourself humming something. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's abduction. Okay, I, I, I never thought they had so catchy tune, but mm -hmm. actually there are some parts that are, I think there are they are they are just uh, yeah kind of memorable so to speak. And um, 
and so it's good to hear that even once you you started listening to some other stuff you can still get back to it and enjoy the experience <laughs> would music like that music of that grandness and that grandiose with such a scale and such a concept i always consider a longevity thing you know mm. uh, without naming any bands there are many albums i can hear and i will listen to uh once through maybe twice three times and think yeah that's cool i can bang my head to i can tap my foot to but there's no longevity in it beyond if it comes on the radio yeah. If you want to give longevity comes from storytelling uh, through layers, through depth, through things I will not hear the first time round and will only get on repeated plays. Also things that I consider, um, like for example, with Abduction and particularly Jen, uh, I don't consider it an album where I would go, let me listen to that track. I would consider it a beginning to end experience, not just because of the story, because of the makeup and the general sound of it. Sure, you can pull tracks out. There are ones that are better considered either more interesting than others and so on. Um, and that's cool. And that's great. But with Jen, I do consider longevity things massively important. If you, basically, if you were telling me right now, oh, Abduction are going to have a new album out in six months' time, I'd smile and say, that's wonderful. But I'd be thinking, whoa, that's crazy. That's, you've got that album. Let that... Let that sit. Let people for Actually, a couple of years. For, for the very first time, that's we, what we are going to do. Because uh, before, uh, as there was so much delay with the first album, uh, Guillaume kept on writing before we could uh, properly finish the mixing and mastering. So he had already a ton of material ready when the first album got out. Then, as he knew that Jeanne was coming after the second album, uh, he could put riffs on the side. And so when the time came to work on Jeanne, he, or, or he already had a lot of material to go through. But now the vault, so to speak, has never been more empty. He has a few ideas, but it, it's just getting started. Sometimes he sends us a, a little excerpt of a song to, to hear our, our opinion and to talk about it with the drummer already, what kind of patterns would be right for that part. And he tells me, hey, for the next album, I'm going to push you even further or that kind of <laughs> stuff, which is great i mean it's super i love the enthusiasm and the passion and the fact that we as as they were saying we try to improve with every new release but for the first time um jeanne has had such a huge impact on us as well in our lives and took so much of our time that uh, we feel like okay we we should kind of take a step back or just make a, a kind of a little break and start to see where we could go next. So now Guillaume is already getting a bit of a clearer -ish, uh, view on the album, but that's also thanks to the quarantine and confinement and yeah. that kind of stuff. But still, it's just slowly moving. And I think it's for the best because um, once again, yeah, Jeanne was such a big thing for us that we get to recover from that in a way. Yeah, and it's funny because obviously such creative... Uh, creative people that creativity never ends and it's kind of like yeah you should let it sit and come on like let it let, let it have that longevity and let people discover it um over time but also if you if the creativity is there and the quality is there and you kind of want to tap into that that the balance i am not a musician i i cannot say the balance is for you guys to to find i guess 
Yeah, but that's you're exactly right. I mean, sometimes you would think, okay, I need to take a little break or something. But if, if you have the inspiration, then just go for it. I mean, that's why I'm for many years I was just perfectly happy with having Angel Lore for my doom and goth metal, my love of doom and goth metal, and abduction for my love of black uh, extreme metal like that. But now I feel like if if I have the time, I mean, why 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 should I why should I set boundaries? I, I if if I want to do some Viking metal or ambient stuff on the side or electronic stuff just why not i mean they're uh, as 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 long as 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 you you have the, the time and the, the creativity to do it or that just if you want to do it and it comes from the heart you do it for the right reason then just go for it but um i i, I the way i see things I, I think maybe abduction will really start to properly work on the next album sometime next year but um but yeah, I don't know. It, it it depends on Guillaume. It depends on our schedules. We we all want to do it, but of course we want to push things. It has to, it has to come. Yeah, it has to come from the heart, from the right place. Do it for the right reasons. But we loved being here in the studio and recording albums. It's such always a, a super intense experience. So I must say we are very looking forward already to to work on the next abduction. <laughs> and the end result at, at seems to always be exactly what you want it to be to a degree. So I can't think of any happier term term and way to put it from someone that's in the band yeah i mean i i once again there are some small things i would love to to work on as a singer to 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 give more to to make sure that i i i, I give justice to the beauty of the music but uh, apart from that i i really have no complaint i mean it's it's been a few months and listening to jean for me it's still a it's still a very very uh, intense experience i must say yeah i'm really glad because uh, i always often talk when I talk to artists and bands and stuff, you know, you're forced to listen to your album and your music over and over and over again, leading up to in pre-production and leading up to in the studio and all that, that there's a point where you kind of must be getting sick to death of hearing that same riff or that same vocal line or that same delivery. So it's awesome that you're still enjoying it. Yeah, but to be honest, I'm I'm terrible for that. I'm kind of um, when I when I'm when I'm into something that I wrote or one of my bandmates wrote, I, I can hear it all over and over and over again. When we record our rehearsal with the band, I cannot play them to anyone with my other band Angel Lore because it sounds horrible. But to me, I, I just love it. I, I feel oh, when we're gonna be in the studio, it will sound so good, and I already know what kind of vocal melodies I would put like to put there or some arrangement or stuff, and I love it immensely. So usually I'm a, I'm a sucker for that when it comes to my own music. I can listen to myself over and over again and still feel the excitement and joy I felt the first time when I wrote it. <laughs> I would imagine there are many, many artists and bands out there that would be incredibly jealous of that because, uh, you know, uh, that ability to still enjoy their, your own music. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand also that some musicians, as you said, just get, get, get sick of it. I mean, you spend so many times working on every tiny little detail of, of all stuff to make, to make it perfect. Once you're done, you just want to move to the next thing and never think about it again. Like, I did, I did what I could. It's now for other people to enjoy. You have yeah. to let go. And of course, that, that's also true. I mean, at some point, I have to accept that I, it cannot be as perfect to, to, the, to the top notch as, 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 as it. I mean, I, I, did, I did what I could. And yeah okay if, if the band is happy and the producer is happy well it's time to it's time to let it go and live a life on its own basically but i i still go back to it with fondness that's for sure <laughs> absolutely and that time to move on will come when your next project whether your abduction be it angel law be it whatever else you want to do that's your time to move on which let's be honest you're currently going through that now we're sitting here we're talking about abduction talking about jen but it's already almost three months since 
and you've already given insight into um, where you what where you're currently going now uh, as a solo as an individual. Um, before we wrap up, then go back into a little bit more detail. What are your what are your plans roughly for the rest of 2020? Um, you know that's funny. I, I have a I have a friend who um, who who has some kind of um, uh, I don't know how to call that, but she, she kind of. I, I don't know if I, I don't even know if I truly believe in that, but she, she has the ability to to see a bit of the future or you oh, know she, she, she yeah exactly foresight thank you I was missing the word and she she feels like something in the aura of people or something and we had a chat uh, at the end of last year and I was like can you believe it 2020 my band Angelor and my band Abduction will both release uh, their third album in two months time so wow that's 2020 is the year I mean that's incredible I'm super happy I mean I we've been working for both these albums for so long they took a lot of time to be made especially the Angelore that we started to record in 2016 and that only came out a few months ago and uh, I was like yeah 2020 is the, the I think everything I did in my life musically before was leading me to that point and she's like you would think that but actually your year is going to be 2021 and I was like oh okay <laughs> Right. Okay. So she told me basically 2020 is you, you have to be prepared for what will come, come to you to, in 2021. So I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if there's a, a basis for that. I don't know if she was just saying that, but I, I still, it, 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 it gave me a lot to think about. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm really happy that my musical life, so to speak, is getting more things are happening basically after years where it was just a little bit whenever we had the time so i'm happy to give it more energy and focus and try some side projects and new stuff that's very all very exciting for me but um i think yeah there, there will be there will be a lot coming out in next year i mean with uh Dea, we have a we have a we have a, a project that i i don't want to talk too much about it as of now but it's going to be a um, different from Abduction, although the drummer of Abduction is also doing the drums, so it's basically the three of us, and it's an album that is very dear to me in a, a metal style that I never truly done before, and I was dreaming of doing it for a long time, and I can tell you that we're very, very excited about this album. It's uh, a bit more catchy than Abduction, but still um, very varied and well-balanced in my opinion. Angelore is very busy working on album number four. We have a lot of demos, and we will definitely record it with Dea. That's that's we know for sure so i don't think it will be ready for next year but uh, we will definitely be involved in the recording and the songwriting this year um apart from that i had this uh, this uh, there is there is another project that that might be uh, more professional actually than every, everything i did before and more uh, more oriented to, to i mean basically build up to to do concerts so that that is also something that will be interesting at some point. So yeah, I'm, I'm a bit all over the place. Sometimes it's a bit overwhelming, but at the same time, it's it's a dream for me. I mean, I, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make a living out of it or anything like that. It's just, just comes out of passion. And uh, yeah, there is there is a lot happening, but uh, I think, yeah, both Abduction and Angelore will make uh, a lot of progress on the writing and shaping up of the new album this year and early next year. Yeah, there's no point even talking about live dates and stuff. I mean, ignoring the fact that Abduction aren't really, you're not really, um out alive a lot anyway live dates are yeah 
Yeah, totally. I mean, we, we would love to prepare for that, to, to rehearse and to see how we should adapt the song to make them work with a, with a setting of maybe having another guitar player to help Guillaume because of obviously with all the layers, he cannot do everything on his own. So um, to see if I should adapt the vocal lines as well, because once again, it would be extremely exhausting to do a 45 minutes show and switch from clean to extreme to clean to extreme all the time. But uh, we, we, we still want to give it a try. And we will work in that direction for sure, just, just, just to, for the sake of it, you know, to see what we can do. And it's okay if live shows um, don't happen in, uh, for, for a few more months, at least for us. I mean, I'm still, as, as a fan, I'm missing live shows a lot. But, <laughs> but for us, it's okay. It gives us a bit more time to prepare and maybe it's for the best. <laughs> yeah, a bit more time to plan. In my head, I just see this wonderful image of you, do, you guys doing a one-off show. Uh, in France, a particular, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure what might be a, a good uh, French venue for it, but it is a, a massive album, beginning to end. You do the story. You have uh, orchestral elements. You have a choir. The lighting, <laughs> very expensive. <laughs> very, very. Young manager. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. I'll, I'll fly. For, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on the Eurostar to, to come over for that. <laughs> Well, you would be more than welcome. I, I, that would be really cool. I will, I, will, I will come get you at the airport with my Porsche, you know. <laughs> Fantastic. Francois, we'll leave it there. Much appreciated for your time. Been a lot of fun. Oh, well, it was really a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for your interest and super, super happy that you still like the album. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on GBHBL.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there, that's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL, as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal, what else is life for? <laughs>